Poppy. What is going on, my brother? What's up, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my man. Yeah, how was that for you? It was good. Um, we ended up getting a. Um, it's weird. We decided to be spontaneous. <clears throat> this this should end well. We got a hotel room in Hunt Valley. That had to have been rather pricey. No, it's, it, no, it, it actually wasn't too bad. I think it was like. Was it the same hotel from Jill and Alex's wedding? No. Oh, okay. No, we stayed at the Hyatt something or another. I can tell you here in a second. I don't know if it's super important. Um, but anyway, we, I mean, we just decided, you know what, let's go ahead and just be spontaneous. Let's do something that we wouldn't normally do. Um, so we got the hotel room. And you put on her pants. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? That's pretty spontaneous. Yeah, that would be really spontaneous. <laughs> um, come on. Whatever, not important. Um, but yeah, we got, got the hotel room. Um, the hotel had a complimentary happy hour. For the, for the, uh, the New Year's celebration. I don't know if it's for New Year's or if they always do it, because they had the sign just sitting there the next morning, too. Interesting. So I have a feeling it's something they always do. Yeah. Um, but that was from 5.30 to 7.30, so best believe we took full advantage. Got a little loaded. Yeah. Was there, so it was a complimentary happy hour, whatever. Was it like a limited drink, so like you could just get pissed drunk? Uh, yeah, I mean, it got, it, like, what we, what we eventually started doing, like, we started off with just one and one, because we didn't really know how, what the night, like, how the night, we knew what we wanted to do, like, we got, like, a murder mystery game we ended up playing, which we shit the bet on, um, but we didn't, all we knew was, okay, we're gonna, ha- we're gonna be in this, we're gonna be in the hotel room, we're gonna spend New Year's here, how, how like, however the night takes us is however the night takes us, um, but that rum punch was good. Got yourself some rum punch, huh? We did. Yeah. 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 Um <clears throat> So we had rum punch. Um we went we watched the new Elvis movie. Did, hotel- not, did not know there was a new Elvis movie. Yeah, I watched that in the hotel room. Uh did the murder mystery. We went back down to the bar and didn't then had a few more drinks watching the Ohio State game. Um and uh yeah, it was nice. Just just the two of us. It was cool. It was different. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I think that's going to be our new thing now. Well, that's nice. I mean, that was your guys' first New Year's together. It was, yeah. Um, so it was nice to have that kind of, like, uh, I guess, like, intimate setting, just the two of you celebrate it. Right, right. That's what's yeah. up, man. Yeah, I mean, we went to uh, we went to Iron Rooster in the, mor- the morning the morning of New Year's Day. New Year's Eve, I'm sorry. Yeah. But we went to the one in Canton right there in um, Baltimore. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that place is... It, Listeners, if you've never been to the Iron Rooster before, you gotta go. It's fire. They got some pretty decent portion sizes. Over it there. it is really, really good food. So, when we went the first time, the first time I'd ever been, like, me and Steph were on this huge fucking let's try every single fucking nacho at every place we go to kick. Um, it's kind of simmered down a little bit. We kind of pumping the brakes now. Because <laughs> uh, some of them are shit, man. I'll be honest with you. Some of them are really shit. We got spoiled when we went to Ocean City. But anyway, that's another story for another day. So we went with the waffle churros this time. Holy tits! They waffle were, churros, dude. They were so good. Yeah, they sound delicious. It was like it was it was. It's just like a churro, but it's a waffle. I love waffles and I love churros. Yeah, so it's like the same consistency as a churro, but it's just in the shape of a waffle. But but waff. Yeah. Nice waft. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. But that was cool, man. Yeah, it was a good time, for sure. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um. We just had a little gathering at Sarah's apartment. Yeah. Uh, just some friends uh, 
little drinking, had the uh, had the football games on, um, played some card games. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was truth or drink. Nice. And we made uh, we made people open up about some some pretty uncomfortable uh, conversations. That's always fun. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, had some pretty funny answers. Then we played uh, Jackbox. Okay. I don't know if you've ever played it or know what it is. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so it's a lot of fun. It's like a uh, it's like a game pack that you download. Um, like you could download it to uh, to your PlayStation, mm. and it streams to the TV. And everybody signs into the game on their phone. Nice. So there's a bunch of different packs and with like different games in it. Well, we played um, we played a game called Quiplash, where basically it asks you a prompt and you have to write a funny response, mm. and it's you versus somebody else. So then it pops up on the TV at the end of the timer, and it's your responses up there, and somebody else had the same prompt and their response. Everybody else votes on who they thinks is the funniest, but it's random. Like they don't know who put up what, and then you get points accordingly. And it was a lot of fun. That does sound fun. Like like those games where you just could be like creative, like um, like what do you mean? That's fun. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cards yeah. Against Humanity, of course, that's a classic. Yeah, that's that's a staple. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Jackbox is a lot of fun. Like I said, a bunch of different games. Um, we played Quiplash. That was a lot of fun. Um, I had one that one of Sarah's friends actually took a Snapchat of my answer. Mm. Um, I forget exactly what the question was. Um, but what I wrote in there was belly button lint. Oh, nice. And, uh, she thought it was just hysterical. I had to take a picture of it. Like whenever, like whenever you're playing games like that and you have like the, like really, really obscure answers that make absolutely no sense. Some of them are like stupid. Yeah. But like, if like, if you can, if you can, this is the thing, like the people voting on it, you have to, you have to find your right, you have to find the right audience. You, you got to know the audience. Right. Cause like cards against humanity. I'm sure at this point now there's probably a car that says like Donald Trump's hairline or something like that. But like if you like if you play it like on any other person, like mm, you gotta find the right person though. It's gotta be the right person. It's gotta be the right question. Like right, it just fits. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know the audience. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know it, it, the game can't just be like every answer can't just be uh, dildos. You know what I mean? Like it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> But it gets old, right? Right. You know of what course. I mean? Like you got to come up with something. You got to come up with something clever, like belly button lint. It's it's random. It makes zero sense. But good night, is it funny? Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. That's what's up, man. It was a lot of fun. But this weekend was a was a great weekend for me. I won our fantasy football championship. Yeah. So if you guys if you guys remember back to September August around that time when we actually started the fantasy draft here on the podcast, um, and it was like on the very tail end of it when we ended up getting off, um, Holman won that league. Me on the other hand, I ended up coming in second to last. You finished in eleventh out of twelve. Yeah, finished in eleventh out of twelve. This was my first year not making the semifinals, let alone the playoffs. Wow, you're right. This is the first year I did not make the semifinals. Yeah, you really shit the bed this year. I mean, it's... You set the bar incredibly high for yourself. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to take a minute to talk about myself in that league. First two, first three years, I made championship appearances. I won t- I won my first two. Yeah. And then lost, lost in the last one, I think... I think thanks to that fine gentleman right there, Stefan Diggs. More than likely. I think that's who I lost to. 
Um, lost the semifinals to the champion last year. You did. And then, of course, I shit the bed this year. But on a positive note, in the consolation bracket, I ended up playing every single team that was in the loser's bracket. I dominated. <laughs> Undefeated in the loser's bracket. Handedly. So you can make a legitimate argument that I am the, be- I am the best of the worst. I can, I, you can also make an argument that I'm the worst of the best, too. So, so. Because every team that I lost to, like, I lost to every single playoff team except for one. Yeah. And I tied them. Jesus. I think... I, I don't know if he listens to it. Ryan Feek, I win. I won against him. I lost against him, and I tied with him. <laughs> That's the trifecta, if you ask me. That is the trifecta. If you had to pick one, which yeah. one would you rather be? Would you rather, rather be the best of the worst or the worst of the best? If you had to pick one. Probably, yeah. probably best of the worst. Best of the worst? I got, I got to be good at something, man. Still, still the best in something. Okay. I respect that. Uh, but yeah, won the championship this year. Super ecstatic about it. First championship in the league. Um, I've gotten close quite a few times. I got third last year. I got um, I lost in the championship to you uh, yep. one year. I actually made that championship while in an induced coma in the hospital. Yep. Um, that. And then you beat me in the championship because you had the Colts defense and Naheem Hines who ran two punts back that day. In so, one game. Yeah. It, yeah, in one game. So uh, the Colts defense, the special teams, uh, I think single-handedly beat me and everything else was just insult to injury yeah. um, while I was in the hospital. So thank you for that. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I give, I give credit where credit is due. You had a very good team when you drafted. I told you that. Uh, you told me the same thing, although you're probably thinking this guy's team fucking sucks. I don't think your team sucked. No. I think you like. <clears throat> I benefited heavily. I was a. You could say this about literally every team in every fantasy league. I was a product of the schedule. I was undefeated for like the first six or seven weeks. Yeah, which helps out a lot. I won like three matchups by one point. I was I was legitimately a product against me. Yes. Yeah. I was a product of the schedule. I mean, if I would have played anybody else, I would have lost. Yeah. But. I went from being the first person to clinch a playoff spot to dropping all the way down to the seven out of eight seeds. Yeah, to winning the championship. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's how, I mean that's how shit like that goes. I mean, I haven't I haven't, I haven't talked to Tyler, listener of the show, to see how he he was texting me um, the day before New Year's Eve, asking me my opinion about what he should do for fantasy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, he was telling me that in his semifinal game, he said he scored 70 points and won. Well, the year that I won my first championship, I scored 54 points in the semifinals and won. Yeah. I mean, it, like, like, it's, like, it, it's, it's really just how fantasy goes. I mean, you can have the shittiest day of shittiest days, but all you have to do is just beat out the person you're going against, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily, I had a very dominant playoff run, this, this playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like round one. I was playing the two seed. I won one fifty one to one forty one. Now one fifty one in this league is pretty high scoring. Like it's not the lowest of low scoring leagues, but it's not the most point dominant. Um, so I won. And to put it into perspective, I had the third most points scored that week. Like your play in this league is rewarded by volume. Yes. Okay, so I haven't beaten Dansberger yet. So I beat the number two seed in round one. I beat the number three seed in round two, winning one fifty two to one hundred. I would have outscored everybody that week, yeah. no matter regardless of who I played. I would have won. So I put up one hundred and fifty one points in week one, one hundred and fifty two points in round two or week two of the playoffs, whatever you want to look at it. 
And then I'm currently winning 141 to 129 in the championship. And I had won after the Sunday night game. I still had Hayden Hurst in my lineup at tight end. Um, <clears throat> so I had I had clinched at that point. Hayden Hurst only has two points right now because that game um, got postponed, which we will get to in just one short second. Um, but I won the championship going into the Monday night matchup. Didn't really mean a ton to me. Um, like there was the only outcome that could have happened is Hayden Hurst fumbles the ball like six times, legitimately. And at that point, if he fumbles it twice, they're gonna stop giving him the ball. <laughs> yeah, like legitimately, or he fumbles like five times and throws an interception on a trick play, <laughs> right, right? And then misses a field goal. Like it, it like <laughs> I, it. Yeah, I, I needed yeah. like it, it had to have been like a miracle for me to lose. 11 points. Right. Well, before before we do continue going continue with the show, um you asked me earlier since I I I had the number 2 pick. Um if the season if the draft was today, I think number 2 overall, it all of course depends on what um the happens moment, at 1. What happens at 1? Um I think my I think the second overall pick would be between Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey. Not Bijan Robinson. You're not going. You're not going rookie running back in the first round. I'm not. No. Um, <laughs> You've had a lot of luck. I have. I have had a lot of luck doing that in the past. Saquon and then Jonathan Taylor. No, I didn't get Jonathan Taylor's rookie year. I did, but you traded him to me. No, that wasn't his rookie year. He went off. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. That was the year after. You're. He was drafted. Right. He was drafted right. for JK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, but um. Saquon and uh, Josh Jacobs. That's what it was, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. But, of course, my jo- the Josh Jacobs year was also the Lamar Jackson year. That's so. fair. Yeah. So, I drafted Cam Newton before I drafted Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Justin Jefferson at two is a, is a very safe pick, especially because I think that the Vikings are moving off of uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, but, once again, we can, we can talk about that later. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, um, normally we would try to recap what happened on Monday night before we started getting into all the Sunday games. Um, last night was kind of, uh, was probably, probably one of the darkest moments in NFL history, not due to anything that was, um, in anybody's control. Um, but, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard about it at this point now, but, uh, Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin made a tackle on T Higgins. Um, pretty routine tackle. Yeah, it was, it was a routine play. Um, stood up, took a step, Collapsed on the field, uh, went to cardiac arrest. They had to do CPR on the field, use the AED on the field, which is the like whenever you're watching medical shows or medical movies, when the people are rub- rubbing the pads together, they say clear. That it's like a portable version of that. Yeah, it's an automated external defibrillator. Thank you. I I didn't I knew it was for the heart. I just didn't know what it stood for. Um, really scary scene last night on Monday Night Football. I mean, I'm looking at a page on it right now on CBS, CBS Sports, and um, on the side there's like a video playing, and I mean, you see you see Bill's teammates crying, all that stuff. Yeah. So <clears throat> what they believe happened is Demar Hamlin suffered something called uh, commodio cordis, and what that is is it's a it's a hit to the to the chest. That happened. It, that it's typically right over the heart. Yeah, it's a hit so hard 
at the right or wrong time, the wrong time, let's go with that, um, at the at just the absolute most inconvenient time, right in between heartbeats, yeah. that actually sends the heart into um, ventricular fibrillation. So what ventricular fibrillation is, is the, um, it's an arrhythmia of the heart, like the hit causes an arrhythmia um, that now the, the lower heart chambers um, contract in a very rapid and uncoordinated manner. As a result, the heart does not pump blood to the rest of the body. Mm. So um, that is what is believed to have happened. I heard a physician talking about it on an interview in CNN, on CNN um, and he said that um, it takes about six seconds from when it starts to when the heart, like when the hit happens till the heart stops, yeah. which is what happened to DeMar Hamlin. His heart did stop, um, which does track the timeline from when T Higgins hit him in the chest, the time it took for him to stand up. He stood there for a couple seconds and then collapsed. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because at that point the heart stopped beating. Right. And then he collapsed and passed out. Um, all of the players sat there and watched um, the training staff and the medical staff there on scene um, perform CPR until they were able to get the AED on him to shock his back heart back into rhythm because the heart does, um, <clears throat> it uses electrical um, pulses mm. and that's how the heart beats. So like CPR is basically just, uh, it, it prolongs the time until you can get the AED on it. Right. CPR doesn't typically save lives itself. It it does in a sense that it gives people time to get the proper equipment on there to actually save your life. Right. Um, so, just very scary stuff. Um, prayers up for DeMar Hamlin, his friends and family, the Buffalo Bills team, and uh, also, just uh, I'm sending prayers for T. Higgins as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I I mean, Ryan Clark of ESPN, he really said he he said it best. Dude, I I could I could listen to him talk to it about uh, about it all day long. I also want to applaud Ryan Clark for being so vulnerable on national television and right. talking about his experience with it all, and and just being vulnerable and uh, not afraid to show his emotions on the on the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he 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 really said it best. If you didn't, if you if you weren't able to see what Ryan Clark said um, when he was being asked about it on ESPN last night, um, you know, this is one thing that you know all your time in high school football, college. Your preparation to get to the NFL, your all the coaching staff in the NFL practice, all that stuff. This is something that nothing can prepare you for. No, like nothing can prepare you to see something like this. Like, let alone, like a fan, like watching a family member go through something like this. It's very, it's very, very traumatic. But you know, to see a an athlete going through something like this in the middle of the sport that he's playing on national television. You know, it's a really, it's a really, really scary sight to see. Yeah. And uh, like, I also want to point out the fact that like legitimately you have a, I, I, I truly believe you have a better chance at winning the lottery 
or being struck by lightning than ever seeing this scenario play out again on a football field. Yeah. Like, this was like a one in 500 million chance yeah. of this happening. Like, think about how many NFL, how many collisions are in an NFL game. Now, think about how many NFL games are in a week and then how many games are in a season. Let's also take in Division One games. How many collisions are in Division One games in a season? Mm-hmm. All of Division One football, all of Division Two football, all of Division Three football, all of JUCO, all of the semi-pro leagues in your area, all of you know high school football, all of Pop Warner football, all of the XFL, all of the Canadian Football League, all of the different football leagues around. How many collisions happen a year in these sports? And yet here we are. Two, three days into the year 2023, and this is the first time we've seen this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you you said it best. I mean, I mean, with all the hits that go on throughout all all of football, you know, this is not something that we've ever seen before. I and it's it, it, we're so numb to like torn ACLs, mm-hmm. broken legs, broken arms, uh, you know, the concussions. We're so numb to all of that because unfortunately, that's just such that's just part of the game at this point. Like, you know, and Ryan Clark even said it himself. He's like, you see that, and you're like, man, prayers up. I hope he has a speedy recovery. But we can continue a game, right? You can continue a game, and you can at least do things to at least settle the guy and be like, look, it's okay. You're gonna be you're like like like. You tore your ACL. That sucks, but you know what? You're gonna be okay. You can go through surgery, and as long as the surgery goes okay, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, you're you're you were gonna be just fine. But something like this, you had no control over. It, there's there's nothing anybody other than the doctors can do to help this young man. Right, and it's, it's terrifying. Like, yeah, there's. I mean, paramedics, training staff, they did everything they can in order to make sure that the unthinkable didn't happen. That DeMar Hamlin didn't die on that field in Cincinnati. And I know it sounds weird, but think about, like, all of the medical staff that's at that facility in that stadium. The fact that there's multiple AEDs throughout that stadium, including one, I would assume, on each sideline. Like, if there, if, if there <clears throat> wasn't before, there will be now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll see it in every college oh, stadium. Absolutely. You'll probably see it at high school games, too. Yeah. And think about, like, he's... I, I know it sounds weird, but, like, he's in a place where there's an ambulance on scene paramedics on scene there's team doctors on scene there's training staff on scene there's aeds on scene he's 10 minutes from the hospital with an ambulance already there that can get him there in what four or five minutes right you know what i mean like legitimately the only like if something like this was going to happen there he's in an in, in quote unquote the safest possible spot that you can be in, other than a hospital, exactly. Other than like immediately in the hospital, right? So I mean, it it sounds terrible, and by no means am I like saying that this is like a good thing or anything. Like I don't want to get any of that misconstrued. Yeah, but like legitimately, like it happened very like it. I I don't know that there's a good way to say it, but like. He was he was in an if it was gonna happen he happened in one of the best scenarios for it to happen. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, of course. Nobody wants this to happen. No, no, and no, if no, you no. do, shame on you. Fuck off at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, shame on you. Um, but I mean he he definitely did not get lucky, but he got lucky that it happened in uh in in a situation. Um, where help could be provided almost immediately. Yeah. Um, 
so of course so of course the game was the game was postponed at that point um and rightfully so yeah right 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 rightfully so um you know one thing about the NFL is that it's so money hungry which is crazy to think about a multi-billion dollar trillion dollar business um it's so money hungry in this way uh the NFL did the right thing with with suspending the game yeah postponing i don't know i don't know when it's going to be made up they um, d- there was a report today that said they will not be playing this week and yep. as of right now there is no changes to the week 18 schedule right right um so when this game will be played if it will be played that'll be an interesting question um but the nfl did do the right thing here as far as postponing the game i know um the buffalo bills for the most part have flown home already um I know Stefan Diggs was one of the first people to go to the hospital to go see him. Yeah, and the the cop one scene was not going to let him in until an ESPN reporter that was there like vouched for him and said like, no, like this is Stefan Diggs, his teammate. Like, right, 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 right. What you mean? I mean, I mean, I mean, correct, <clears throat> that like, cop's just doing his job. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. How yeah. many people want to go in there? Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, like, nothing, like, nothing against him. He was, he was doing his job. Um, but you know. If 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 you've seen the podcast room, clearly I'm a very big fan of Stephon Diggs. Um, I mean one of one of Mar- one of Maryland's own. I've always been a very big fan of him. Um, I do I do give him credit for being one of the first people to go there. Um, Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, was also there at the hospital as well. T Higgins, um, yeah. and his mom were there. Yeah. Um, I feel terrible for T Higgins, man. I mean, you know, it's one of the. It, it, I mean, I mean, you you said it best. This is a freak accident, man. Like, like, there's no like, T Higgins did nothing wrong. You probably legitimately. I know. You, I said you have a better chance of winning the lottery or getting struck by lightning. You probably have a better odds of of getting struck by lightning and and winning the lottery the in day, the same lifetime. The day the day you win the lottery, the day you win the lottery, you get struck by lightning. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what we saw last night happen in the Mar Hamlin is freak. Yeah. Like, like the, the odds been happen, happening are very, very minuscule. Yeah. Very, very minuscule. I mean, and you know, like I, 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 I can't say enough uh, prayers to DeMar Hamlin, his family. Um, I can only imagine his mom was in the stadium. The ambulance actually waited for her to get into the ambulance to take them to the hospital. Yep. Um, he is now, they do have a heartbeat back with him, but he is intubated and in an induced coma. Um, he's still listed as a, he's in critical li- condition. He's listed as stable, but in critical condition. I think anytime you're in an induced coma and intubated, right. you are in critical condition. Uh, I have went through it myself. Right. I have spent two days in an induced coma with a tube down my throat breathing for me. Yeah. Um, I cannot understand um, how hard it was for my family um, to see that. Um, but I have experienced, um, to some degree, that side of it. Um, it's terrifying. Right. I mean, I've legitimately faced faced death. I've looked death in the face. Stop breathing. Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, we. I mean, not necessarily a similar situation, but you know, the uncertainty of what's of like what's happening. You know, I mean, from. My perspective of it, because I I I remember, like, I remember that I remember the day that I found out what had happened mm-hmm. to you, um, me Reno and I think someone else we were trying to like like we're like hey we're trying to get together for the game, um it's like a, it was like a night game or some shit, 
and we're like, hey, we're trying to get together for the game. Anybody, like, everybody cool? Yes, yes. Holman, are you in? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't, I mean, we ended up, we ended up just scrubbing the plans because we had no clue what was going on with you because at this point it's like, okay, well, who the hell kidnapped Wes? At, the, at this point now, we're like, we're, we're like, right. we're like, where the hell is he at? Until Jennifer texted us and said, "Hey, look, this is what happened." We're like, "Holy shit!" So I mean, like the whole uncertainty of not knowing what's going to go on and what's happening with, you know, somebody you care about and like having a medical emergency like this, it's it's like it's very very unsettling. Um, I mean, you and I can speak from personal experience. Yeah. I mean, maybe not so much for you. I mean, you. you I mean, you were just kind of like I was on the opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> right, right. But um, you know, it's a ve- it's a very very scary situation. Um, again, hopefully, I mean, I'll be very real about I'll be very real about it. That play, that that is that is the last time you'll ever see Demar Hamlin play on a football field. I know. I feel so t- like this young man, twenty four years old. Yep, twenty four years old. He worked his entire life to get to this position. Yeah, it's only his second year in the league. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, he he's starting this year in place of Michael Hyde. Yeah, I mean, there was a very, very real and legitimate argument they were going to ditch Michael Hyde and let Demar Hamlin be their starting safety of the future. I mean, of course, of course, of course, it's a money game for the NFL, and of course, Demar Hamlin being a six round pick would be cheaper than an All Pro. Um, right, but you know, he was he was, I mean, that 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 speaks largely. That he was playing well enough to have a Super Bowl contender consider getting rid of their all pro safety for him. Yeah. And um you know, it's 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 really unfortunate. I mean, he, I'm sure he had a lot of fa- like family and friends there, considering the fact he played in Pittsburgh. He lived like he grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati's not too far away. It's a it's a manageable drive. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think Buffalo's played in Pittsburgh since he's been drafted. I know they played in back-to-back years. Tom, Mike Tomlin talked on it today. He said he had a good relationship with Demar Hamlin as well. Yeah, and he he was broken up in his press conference. Yep, like he was he was trying to fight back tears. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's a it's a it's a really it's a really unfortunate situation. Um, you know, hopefully he comes through with this. Hopefully it's hopefully he ends up being okay. Um. But you know, unfortunately, I believe that we have seen the last. That was the last play of Demar Hamlin's career. Yeah, such a shame. Because I mean, I mean, you go, you go ten minutes without oxygen, oxygen going to your brain. That's even, even if he comes out okay. I mean, there's there there is unfortunately going to be some long term effects from this. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, which is which is also like a scary realization from it. Like, if he. If if he does survive, said I mean I again just being just being real about the whole thing, there is the possibility that you know it could take a turn for the worse and the worst could happen. Hopefully it doesn't. Um, but unfortunately, a young player who was kind of ascending into stardom, unfortunately we won't be able to get to see what he would have had to offer the game of football long term. Yeah, I mean, this is by far the scariest thing I've ever seen on a football field. Um, the next closest thing that I could think of is Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Um, and, yep. and, you know, I mean, Ryan Shazier legitimately had to teach himself how to walk again. Yep. And, I mean, he, he still, he doesn't walk correctly, but he walks and he gets right. around. And his life was forever changed, but he's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and at the end of the day, that is what matters. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some, I mean, something like this, as far as like, like terrible moments in the in the NFL, you know, it ranks up there with like Joe Theismann, Alex Smith. Yeah, of course this, of course this takes it to a whole nother level because Joe Joe Theismann was at least able to acknowledge fans going off the field. So was Alex Smith. Right. Ryan Shazier wasn't, but at least Ryan Shazier was conscious and and alert of what was going on. Demar Hamlin, unfortunately, wasn't. Right, and then I mean, it even it like the whole Tua thing earlier this season was scary. Yeah, to see him posture the way that he did. I mean, you have to think to yourself, man, this brain injury is very, very severe. Right, and I mean, his life is going to forever be altered. He ended up coming back and playing football to get another concussion, and now there's talks about him not even playing football the rest of the season to save his life. Yeah, but that's a whole different discussion. I mean, Ryan Clark, he had a he had a very nasty injury that put him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um and he even like he even openly said he's like it's, you know, it's different because when when Troy Palomalu came in to visit me, I was conscious. I could talk to him. We sat there and we cried together. Mm-hmm. He's like Stefan Diggs goes in to see his teammate. They can't talk to each other. No. He's like it's it's just it's different and all i mean all, all all stefan Diggs can do is just sit there and be like well i'm here for you i'm praying yeah for you. yeah he's he's here he's praying for him but unfortunately i mean he's just i mean i mean the right the right word i think to sum up all this is just helpless yeah i mean you know everybody asked me um when i came out of the coma could i hear them you know talking to me or um anything like that i told him no like i legitimately lost two days of yeah. my life like i it Nothing. Yeah. I remember nothing. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah. You all you can do is just pray for that young man, his friends and family, the Buffalo Bills organization. Um. Honestly, the Cincinnati Bengals organization as well. A lot of those players endured that as well. Um. And and saw it, and they mm-hmm. were crying. Um. You know, and, and I mean, that's not even their teammate. That's not even their brother. Um. And I could see Cincinnati Bengals players visibly upset. And, you know, Joe Burrow trying to console Josh Allen. And it's just it's just so much bigger than a sport. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're you're exactly right. I mean, you know, end of the end of the day, all these guys are they have the same profession. Yep. You know, it it does it doesn't matter who you play for. At the end of the day, you know, you're all trying to accomplish the same thing. Um, of course being the best that you can be, winning helping helping your team succeed in the best that it can. Um you know, whenever you see one of your own going through something like this, you know, it's very, you know, it's very, very concerning. Yeah. And I mean, there, there was a point last night where they weren't really sure what was going on. And the NFL was like, hey, you got like 15 minutes to kind of gather the troops and get back to it. And both teams were like, we're not fucking playing. Well, no. So, so I, so that was actually a report by ESPN. They're like, okay, they're going to resume play in 15 minutes. A spokesperson for the NFL came out and said today, they're like, I don't know who, like, I don't know where they got that idea from, but that was never on, that was never in discussion. Really? Cause I saw, like, they said that and then they showed a video of Stefan Diggs on the sideline trying to, like, rally the troops and, like, trying to get them, like, get them together. Cause everybody was, like, sitting on the sideline, very visibly upset. Obviously, like towels over their heads, crying, um, rightfully so. Um, and he was like, he tried to pull them all together and like, hey guys, like you know, we got to go out there, we got to fight for him. Like, like he laid it all out on the line for for us. We got to go do it for him. Yeah, no, that was yeah. The NFL, NFL came out and said today that was never a discussion. Okay, well, and just a, just one more one more little closing piece on it. Um, 
once again, quoting Ryan Clark, um, or no, this was this wasn't even Ryan Clark. This was uh, Dominique Foxworth this morning on uh, Get Up. Mm. He said uh, <clears throat> Dominique Foxworth is a former um, NFL Players Association president. Yeah, he said there's no cap on what we as players give up, what we sacrifice as an owner. You have a cap. There's a salary cap. There is a cap of what you could lose in a season if everything goes bad. But we as players, there's not. I mean, DeMar Hamlin, like, th- th- like this is the cap. Yeah. Like, like this is the cap. Someone, like, someone losing their life is the cap of what it is for a player. You as an NFL owner... Oh gosh! Yeah, you know what? You lost ten million dollars. That's such a shame. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's powerful as well. Yeah, you know, it re- it really puts th- puts things into perspective for you. You know, this game that we all love. Every, I mean, everybody is. I mean, I know people who people who will be listening to this. I know everybody loves the sport of football. The Ravens frustrate the hell out of me, but I watch them every week. <laughs> exactly. Even 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 though I say I'm not going to, and I say fuck this all the time, you know. This is, I mean, it's it's really a sport that brings a lot of people together. I know, like, things, like, when football, like, when I know I have football to look forward to, things are a little bit easier throughout the week. For sure. They're a little bit easier throughout the week. And this really, this really puts things into perspective for you that this is, that it's so much bigger than the sport. Yeah. It's just, it's so much bigger than the sport. And I, I know it, it's, it's tough to, to talk about when they're going to finish this game, if they finish this game. But I do have to ask, like, what what do you think ends up happening? Um, so at the time that it all happened, the Cincinnati Bengals were leading 7-3. to three. It was still in the first quarter of the game, so there was still a ton of football left to play. Mm. Excuse me. Do you think... Do you think it's fair for the Buffalo Bills to concede the game and say, you know what? You guys had the lead. We don't care. Just take the win. Like, we don't give a shit. Right. Do you think it's fair for Cincinnati to be like, you know what? You guys take it. Take the win. Do you think it's fair for them both to be like, hey, you know what? Let's let's end in a tie here. Or do you think it's like a... So both teams are in the AFC. This game has a ton of implications as far as playoff seeding. Do you think it's one of those things where the AFC playoffs kind of get pushed back and the NFC operates as normal? Do you think like I I know it's tough to talk about it when when someone's life is literally at stake. Mm. Like but I mean the unfortunate thing is is the the season's going to continue. Yeah, so um so you know this is this this is of course the challenging part. You know now you have to decide okay what is going to be the best plan of attack in order to um keep the season going. And of course this is situ- it's it's all situational too. The thing is is in this situation somebody's going to end up with the short end of the stick. It's a matter of who ends up with it and how short that stick is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um you know it's you know I think if if this happened in <laughs> say five minutes left in the third. I think they'd say, "All right, 
This team was winning. This team was losing. Game. Yep. Done. It's done. Happened in the first quarter. So, um, so you know, there's still a lot of football left to play. Yes, the Bengals had the ball. Yes, it looked like they were driving to go score again. Um, but you know, ultimately, this is um. You put it. You put it best. One way, or, or you 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 put it in the polite. You put it in the polite way. One way or another, one team's getting fucked. Yeah. Some somebody's getting the short end of the stick. How short and who is it? Yeah. Yeah. How how short? That's that's a great question. Um. So, and like I said, this is this is this is so situational. If this happened between two teams that were bottom feeders in the AFC, I think they'd say, "All right, you know what? Whatever. Fuck. I'm not up to high. And then. Or if one, if one team wants to give it up for the other one, sure, go ahead. But you know the problem is that both these two te- these two teams are prime contenders, not for the number one seed, not to come out of the AFC, but to win the whole fucking thing. Yeah, both both of these teams are a part of my top five teams in the NFL. I would agree with that. Yeah. So. That it like it hurt like it as a Ravens fan it hurts me to say that the Bengals are a top five team in the NFL, but they are. But they, but but they are. I can't I can't deny it. it hurts me to say it, but they are. Um, so you know you have to now now it's like okay well, like you said maybe maybe the Bills should do, just say okay you know what fuck it. I'd rather I I would rather know that my brother who I fight with every Sunday is alive. I'd rather have him. Then win number thirteen. Go ahead, have it. But the Bills do still have something to play for. Yeah, I mean, well, so and the, the the it's so tough because let's say let's say the Bills give the Bengals the win, and and that's fine. At that point, there would be. Kansas City would have sole possession of the one seed at thirteen and three. The Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals would be tied at twelve and four. Mm-hmm. At that point, the Cincinnati Bengals would go into the two seed, and the Buffalo Bills would drop down to the three seed. But the thing is, Cincinnati could then take over the number one seed with a win against Baltimore and a Kansas City loss in Week eighteen. So at that point, every, and if Buffalo wins, then the whole seeding switches up. The Bengals are one. The Bills jump back up to the two, and Kansas City is three. Yeah, and then that like that changes the whole the whole dynamic of the playoffs. Because at that point in Week One, you have depending on who wins the seven seed. I personally think it ends up being the Miami Dolphins, but that's just me. Then the Dolphins would head into Buffalo to play them. The Baltimore Ravens would head into Kansas City to play them. And then the Los Angeles Chargers would go into Jacksonville and play them. That four five matchup stays the same, but who's six and seven changes play it? They change at that point. So that's if Buffalo concedes. Let's say the Bengals concede and give them the win. Then Buffalo jumps back up into the one seed at thirteen and three because they hold the head to head record against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then all they have to do is win and retain the number one seed. And then Cincinnati could be like, you know what? We'll take the loss. We'll play for our division title against Baltimore in Week 18. Yeah. That could be a route for it as well. They could also say, you know what? Let's go for a tie here. We'll, do, we'll, we'll just take the tie. It is what it is. Um, Cincinnati still clinches the division. And the Week 18 game against Baltimore practically means nothing for Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, 
and then Buffalo with a win and a Kansas City loss could still well I think at that point depending on how Cincinnati like it, it the tie might be the best way to go to not alter standings as, as much yeah um or they could you know they could they could find a way to to, to finish this game out but I mean that that's really the only options is one team concedes and gives the other the win um they they mutually decide to end in a tie or they they figure it out to play it to play it somehow yeah there's really um i mean i mean there's really no easy solution to it um the bills the bangles and the nfl they're all going to have to get together and say okay look these are the options this is how it affects everything what are your thoughts what would you like to do how would you like to approach this yeah, there's like I said, there's a lot of seeding implications that go on with with those top three teams based on this matchup, and like it's so it's so hard to talk about this. Like I said, with everything going on, but unfortunately, it it still is a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't re- I don't really have the answers. That's um, there's there's no correct answer mm-hmm. in this situation. Like I said, you could poke a hole in any solution that you give me. I could poke a hole in it and say it fucks this person over. Oh, of course. There's there's no correct solution here. I mean, not 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 trying to be a homer here, but the majority of the situations fuck the Baltimore Ravens. They do. The only one that doesn't is Cincinnati says fuck it. You guys take the win. Yeah. That's the only one that doesn't fuck us. Right, right, and 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 that's not a scenario that I envision, considering the fact that their whole argument is, well, we were winning. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's tough because at this point now, you know, they're on a schedule as far as the playoffs go. Yeah, you kind of can't. Like I said, the only the only thing they could do is is potentially just let the NFC rock business as usual. But then the AFC gets pushed back, and it, it's it's a whole mess at that point. Then teams are getting bye weeks that shouldn't be getting bye weeks. Um, the number one seed ends up with a two. Two weeks of bye weeks, like it's it, it becomes just an absolute catastrophe and just a just a downhill spiral. I mean, the crazy thing is, every single team would have an additional bye week, except for either Cincinnati or Buffalo. Yeah, at that point, it, it kind of screws over them. One too. one of the two of them is fucked. Yep. Um. Because I mean, if if they decide if they decide to push out that the the season another week and let them just let them play in an extension of week seventeen, okay, that's fine. Well, as it sits, New England ain't playing, the Ravens aren't playing, Chargers aren't playing, Jacksonville's not playing, Kansas City's not playing. Yep. Okay, let's just go ahead and say that everything holds true. Buffalo wins, Cincinnati wins, Kansas City wins next week. Let's say Buffalo wins, and then, um, okay, they get the extra week of rest. But now the Bengals have to, the Bengals get, just get done playing with possibly the number one team in the entire NFL. Yeah, a very emotional. A very emotional team in, in the entire NFL. That could be a really draining game. That would give one of those teams that are sitting there with a bye an opportunity to come in and squeak one out against them. Mm-hmm. 
no, no matter how you split it, there is at least one team that's kind of catching the short end. Um, and really, with most scenarios, there's two teams catching it. Yeah, in in most situations, two teams are getting are getting shafted. Right, right. So this will be an interesting thing to see how how it progresses throughout the week. Um, unlike last week, there will be a Friday episode this week, like normal. Um, so m- maybe by maybe by Friday, we will have a little bit more insight as to what's happening with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll have an idea of what is the plan, or maybe a potential plan that's been that's trying to be set in place. Um, but, uh, yeah, very, um, very unfortunate time going on in the NFL. Um, I mean, we, I mean, we can continue to talk about this the entire show, but we are a little bit more of a lighthearted show. I would like to get back to the lighthearted things of everything. Um, not trying to take any attention away from DeMar Hamlin. Um, our thoughts and prayers go to his family. I mean, even, even the, even the thoughts and prayers our thoughts and prayers go to the Buffalo Bills as well um hopefully hopefully he has a hopefully he recovers from this hopefully it's a speedy recovery as well yeah absolutely well we just kind of talked about the AFC playoff seating so I feel like it's only necessary that we talk about the NFC playoff seating um so as of right now six of the seven playoff teams have been decided with the order pretty much being decided mm. um Philadelphia looked absolutely pitiful last week um, against the Saints yeah. um, and ended up losing. They could have clinched the number one seed, but they didn't. They kind of screwed the pooch. Right now they're sitting at 13-3. and San Francisco 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings are both sitting at 12-4 and looking right at them. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are four at 8-8. Eight and eight. They clinched the division um, when they beat the Carolina Panthers. The Dallas Cowboys are the five seed at twelve and four. They could jump in and take the division title. That's not settled yet. Uh uh-uh, uh. No. They're twelve and four. They're a game behind. If Philadelphia loses and Dallas wins, they will jump them because they split the uh, the the head to head matchups. But at that point, Dallas will have the better division and conference record. So Dallas will jump in. I don't know that they take the number one seed, but they do take the division title. Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, Dallas has the potential to get the number one seed. I think the only other team that really has the potential right now is San Francisco. Dallas would uh, Dallas would for sure, ju- yeah, because San Francisco has the better uh, divisional record and conference record. So, yeah. so, so what would happen... Um, if San Fran would go to one, Dallas would go to two because yes. Dallas beat Minnesota, yeah, pretty da- handedly. Yeah, da- Dallas would go to two. Minnesota would stay at three. Their position is pretty lock and key now at this point. Yeah, um, unless no, I think I think they're I think they're locked into the three. They're locked into the three, and the yeah, Giants. Yeah, because the Eagles, the Eagles beat Minnesota earlier this year. Yeah, there's only three places. There's only three uh, seeds that are locked up: Minnesota at three, Tampa Bay at four, and the Giants at six. Six, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, depending on how things play out, your NFC playoff picture could look: San Francisco, Dallas, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, but then going to Tampa Bay. That'd be an interesting matchup from last year's division round <laughs> rematch, wild card round. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Giants would then end up taking the Giants of Minnesota. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty set. Yeah, yeah. That that's, at this point now, since three is set, six is set. We saw that matchup just a few weeks ago too. 
I don't remember what happened in that matchup. I do not either. But that was, uh, I believe that was, that happened just a few weeks ago. Two, maybe three weeks ago. Hmm. Let me see here. Let's see. Let's go to the Giants here. Let's go. Minnesota won 27 to 24. So a damn good game. Yeah. In a playoff atmosphere, who knows what happens? Yeah. Um. And so, re- I mean, really, all eyes outside of the outside of what's happening between Dallas and Philadelphia, all eyes are right now going to be on that seven seed. Uh, three teams are still alive there in the in the NFC: Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. Um, Seattle's kind of getting the short end of the stick. Um, because of course Detroit and Green Bay have been flexed into the Sunday night game. And Seattle is stuck at 425. So Seattle's not going to be in control of their own fate, which I think they would like to be. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Well, so it, it doesn't matter regardless. If Seattle wins and Green Bay wins, Green Bay gets in. R- right. No, and and th- that's, that's the point that I'm saying. Because if Detroit wins and Seattle wins, Seattle gets in. Yeah. But I'm sure Seattle would like to know that heading into their game as opposed to, okay, well, we got to take care of business and hope Detroit does. I mean, that's just part of the game. Right. Right. I, I, that's, that's, that's all I was saying. There's just, there's, yeah. a, there's a level of uncertainty heading into like the after effect from their game that I think they would like to be in control of. Oh, for sure. Uh, but I mean, like, to be fair, let's, let's look at the matchup here. Would you rather see the Seahawks versus the Rams on Sunday night football where it potentially maybe the Seahawks play their starters or not right? based on the Lions and Packers game? Or would you rather see the Lions and the Packers duke it the hell out and see who gets in? No, agreed. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I definitely do agree as far as that goes. Um, I'm rooting for the Lions here. I really want to see that. I am them. too. I really want to see them make the playoffs. I am too. Um, you know, Seattle has a lot tougher of a game than what people think. Um, you know, the only thing that doesn't play into the advantage for the for the Lions is that they're in Green Bay. Yeah, in Green Bay on a Sunday, on a on a on a Sunday night in January. I think it's gonna be a little colder here in Maryland. Um, so I'm sure it'll be fucking frigid in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, the thing that, the thing that goes well for the Detroit Lions is they got two very good running backs. I mean, they have DeAndre Swift. Oh God. Easy, easy. And Jamal Williams. (laughs) And I mean, lucky for them is they have Jared Goff at quarterback. Who's been to a Super Bowl? Shit. <laughs> Bro, will you get it together? All right, I'm good. God bless. Sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but, you know, I'll tell you, on the on the flip side of that argument, Green Bay also has two good, two good running backs also. They do have two very good running backs. And they have Aaron Rodgers. They do have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'll give you that. So, <laughs> the Lions have Dan Campbell, though. <laughs> Dan Campbell might put on a uniform and go play tight end. Do you imagine? I could, yes. Yeah, I, I legitimately could. Dan Campbell might go out there and make a tackle. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pulling for the Lions. Um, it'll just be a, it'll, it would just be a good story in the NFL. Oh yeah, um, for sure. That would really be what my hope is. Um, so lots on line here in Week 18. 
Um, it'll be very interesting to see how things play out. Um, so, uh, so yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, we will see how things go. Um, we'll kind of do a little bit more of a deeper preview as, as far as games go on Friday. For sure. Um, so now I ask you, Holman, your, your money line, your spread, how'd you look last week? Uh, last week I went one and one. Um, I took the Mandy's AKA the commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, at minus one and a half against the Browns at minus one ten, that did not work. Um, the Browns beat them pretty handedly on a day that uh, I did not know this that the Commanders decided they were going to unveil a new mascot. He was kind of lit. I can hold you. <laughs> he was cool looking, man. I like him. He was kind of cool looking. I didn't know that they were going to unveil a new uh, a new mascot. I had no idea. That kind of came out of left field. But what's his name? Uh, something Tutty. Uh, is it uh Sergeant Tutty? Major Tutty. Major Tutty. That's what it is. Yeah, he's a cool little dude, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's a, it's a little pig. He's a, he's a cool dude. Major Tutty. Uh, they unveiled him uh, just to get waxed by the Cleveland Browns. Um, Carson Wentz looked just um, absolutely remarkable with three interceptions <laughs> um, to the point that Antonio Gibson is uh, putting on Twitter, dogging him. <laughs> Air Wentz. Air Wentz. And yeah. I'm like, oh, good night. Uh, but I did take the Patriots money line at minus one fifty two, and they did win. There you go against the Dolphins. Very good. Um, I as well went one on one. I took the uh, took the Eagles last week minus seven against uh, the Saints. Uh, that didn't work out. Like Holman said, they kind of looked, they kind of looked a little shitty. Um, who did I get right though? I took Tampa Bay money line. Good on you. Yeah. So th- so that so that worked out. I figured. You know, I mean, like I said, I was I was I was. I was texting Tyler about fantasy and everything like that, and he asked me, should I keep Mike Evans in my lineup? I told him, Mike Evans is due. Yeah. And and sure enough. Now, now to, to be fair, I thought Mike Evans was due for like a five-yard slant for a touchdown, not 10 catches for 201 and three. It, it, yeah, Mike Evans had himself a day. So, Tyler, when, when, you, when you listen to this, I'm, I ha- again, I haven't talked to you since. If you lost your fantasy matchup, I'm going to punch you in the head. And if you won, you know what? let's 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 look right now because he never told me what his lineup was, what his final lineup was going to be. But can you tell me what it was when he when he texted you? I can, yes. But I'm not saying if you won, Tyler, that you owe him a finder's fee. But <laughs> you owe me a finder's fee. But you owe him a finder's fee. Let's see. Okay. So it's still up in the air because he had Josh Allen. Ooh. He did have Jamal Williams. He had himself a day. Zonovan Knight, due for the Jets. Okay. I don't know how he did. Mike Evans. He had a day. Zay Jones. He probably did not have a day because they ended up benching Trevor Lawrence pretty early. Yeah. This that uh, granted this this is this is what I'm looking at right now. He, I mean there was still there was still some uncertainty. Sure, sure. Around what was going on. Um Mark Andrews, who had a decent game. He had a sneaky game. Eh, he probably got him like eight points. Uh, Thielen. He probably did not do very well. Yeah. Uh, which I, to- I-, I told him the potential. You know what? I can't really. I don't really see too well on, on my laptop here. Let me pull it up on my phone. <laughs> let me pull it up on the smaller screen. Well, I can, I can like click on the picture on my laptop. It won't let me. That's fair. Okay. Just busting your chops. Uh, he also had the Steelers defense, uh, who they did get a pick, uh, Nick Folk as well. And then 
the question marks, I told him to either start... I told him to potentially start Antonio Gibson over Thielen. Of course, he didn't play. But I also told him Elijah Moore or Jahan Dotson. Huh. Yeah, so... I don't know what Zonovan Knight did. Mike Evans went the fuck off. He did. Jamal Williams had a really good game. I don't know who he played against. I don't, I don't know what, what the guy was bringing to the table, but... I um as long as you played Mike Evans, Jamal Williams, you should have had a pretty good week. Right, right, of course. So um so I I I like his odds. Hopefully he won. Hopefully I get my finders fee. But uh maybe yeah, definitely definitely hit up Poppy Tyler. Um and yeah, you listen when, to the show. When, yeah, yeah, when you when you when you inevitably inevitably listen to this, it'll probably be sometime tomorrow listen. I hope. Or later in the week, whenever you do whenever he gets to it. Um Give him a shout. Yeah, let me let me know which one ended up doing. Um, so I can either triumph with you and request my finder's fee or wallow in self-pity and still request my finder's fee. You know, why don't you just send him a Venmo request now and just see what happens? <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> That'd be really funny. I do have my money line and spread ready for uh, this coming week, but I know we typically save that for Friday. Okay. We can save it for Friday. No problem. I know we typically save it. Um... So, so there's there's uh there's there's one big thing going on. Um, we talked about it a little last week, um, and that's Sean Payton is already getting a coaching staff together, um, to potentially become a uh, a head coach again in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, he did retire while he still had an active contract with the Saints, so the Saints still have the rights s- to his contract. Correct. So the Saints could say no, fuck you which would be kind of shady, but they could do it. Or they could trade their rights to Sean Payton's contract or to another team. Or they could team. fire Dennis Allen. They could, but I don't think Sean Payton's coming back to coach that team. Hell no. So there are rumors that Sean Payton's, uh, well, the Saints are actually asking for a first-round pick for the rights to Sean Payton's contract. And I thought this was kind of interesting because... There's only been five other coaches in the NFL that have been traded for. Yeah. It was Bill Parcells in 1997 from, from the Patriots to the Jets. Okay. Yep. Remember that. There was Mike Holmgren in 1999 from the. Hold on. Let me see if I can get it here. The Seahawks to the Packers. Other way around. Packers ah, to the Seahawks. Okay. Got it. There was Herm Edwards in 2006 from the Chiefs to the Jets. Jets to the Chiefs. Fuck, man. Come on, man. There was John Gruden in 2002. From the Buccaneers to the Raiders. No. The Raiders to the Bucks. I swear to you, dude. He went from the Buccaneers to the Raiders. I'm looking at it. John Gruden, Oakland Raiders to Tampa Bay, 2002. Oh. That's what it says. Shit. See, I, see I, know my, I know my NFL history. I just don't know it exactly. Bill Belichick in 2000. That was from the Jets to the Patriots. That was from the Jets to the Patriots. And those are the only five coaches in NFL history that have been traded. Mm. So Sean Payton would make six here. Yeah. Who do you think has given up a first-round pick for the rights to Sean Payton? So here's the thing. So, so you got to look at teams who I think can afford to... Give up a first round pick? Yeah, because you look at someone uh 
someone like the Commanders. With it, Ron Rivera's seat is kind of up in question right now. Yeah. And they could use an offensive genius like Sean Payton. And Vic Fangio would have a field day with that defense. Yeah. Um, but can they really afford to give up their first round pick for him? That's the thing. See, I don't, I, I don't think they'll get a first round pick for Sean Payton. I think, the, I think a more realistic price tag for Sean Payton is probably a two this year and a four the following. Okay, so you think it ends up more of like a like a package? I think it would be, um, just because I don't see a team. Because this is the thing you have to you have to be really really you have to know like okay if we bring in Sean Payton. Sean Payton will be more valuable than the 20-something-year-old player will draft. So Sean Payton has been rumored to the Chargers very, very heavily. Like Brandon Staley's out as the Chargers head coach, which I don't know if happens because they made the playoffs now. Yeah. But as it sat, when we did the, um, when we did the mock draft, they had the 22nd overall pick. It has since it's gone up, um, projected-wise at least. Uh, right. Projected. They're probably looking at the 24th overall pick. If you're the Chargers, and you got you got a ton of stability, like in multiple different positions, you have the young quarterback figured out. He's still in a rookie contract. Would you give up that first round pick for uh for Sean Payton? That's where he's been rumored to go the most. <laughs> right, right, right. So you know it that that's a that's a very good question because you know a team like the Chargers, you know they do have so many needs on. I think the defensive side of the ball—that's really the big thing they're lacking right now. And even even on the offensive side, with health of the offensive line, health of the wide receiver position, you know those are both um, at twenty-four. There's plenty of guys available at, at both positions. Yeah, or on on both sides of the ball that you that you could realistically realistically take. I mean, a guy along the lines of um, from Oklahoma, Anton Harrison, he mm-hmm. could, he could potentially be there. I'm sure somebody along the lines of Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs will be there as well. Um, and even if even if they were drafted on the back end, they wanted to go probably secondary is more so what they would end up doing. Um, Joey Porter Jr., Clark Phillips III, maybe if he slides far enough, uh, Cam Smith. Um, even even Antonio Johnson, the safety from A&M. I mean, I mean there's, there's so many possibilities that you could do, and you think to yourself, okay, which one will help us more? A guy who could potentially unlock more potential from Justin Herbert, who's already probably one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league. I wouldn't even say probably. I'd say he is. I think you'd probably make a case that he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. You can make a case. I mean, there's, 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 plenty, there's plenty of room to maneuver um, as far as who's the best quarterback in, in the league or top five in the league at this point now. For sure. Or... Do we decide to bring in someone who we know will be an impact day one starter that we could save money, be a little cheaper, improve our roster with the player that we bring in? Sure. Of course, Sean Payton is a is is a good enough coach. He will elevate any roster he goes to because he's so knowledgeable. He's so good on the offensive side of the ball. He will be able to elevate any team he ends up going to coach. He could make the Houston Texans better. He legitimately could. They would have to trade away the second first-round pick, still draft Bryce Young. Bryce Young and Sean Payton, they'd have a field day out there. See, now I think that's something realistic. So if if, if you are a team that has two first-round picks and you need a new quarterback and you need a new head coach, 
um, you know, that is something that is more so realistic for you. But you know, a team a team that I saw that could be that could be like an ideal spot for Sean Payton is the Arizona Cardinals. I've seen that as well because I feel like uh, Cliff Kingsbury is out as the head coach there. Yeah, I th- I think I think Kingsbury and Steve Kime are both gone um, from their respective roles with the Arizona Cardinals as head coach and um, and general manager. But the thing is, if the season ended today, Arizona would be picking number four overall. Are yeah. you really going to give the number four overall pick for a coach? You know what I think could happen? Denver Broncos. See, and that's a possibility as well. That's a late pick because it's from Miami, from San Francisco. Yeah. As it sits now, San Francisco should be playing in the NFC Championship. Yeah, the way it sits right now, San Francisco is projected to be the loser in the NFC title game since they are the second seed. So if you're Denver, you just got rid of Nathaniel Hackett, who was supposed to be an offensive guy and hope, help gel this offense together. You probably have, what, the number 28 pick? Number 30 pick? 30, 29? Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. You're picking between, what, 29 and 32? Or mm-hmm. 28 and 31 this year, technically. Uh, twenty-eight and thirty-one. You're telling me you're not willing to give up one of those late that late first-round draft pick for uh, for Sean Payton. Now they would have to bring Vic Fangio back as defensive coordinator, which <laughs> would get a little spicy. That'd be an, that'd be an interesting uh, turn of events. Um, that would be funny. That would be hysterical. But Sean Payton could potentially get that offense gelling together. They have the weapons over there. Yeah, they have a ton of weapons. Um, I think that's a decent landing spot for him. Real, your 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 legitimate argument now at this point is your quarterback endeavor. At that point, your legitimate your legitimate question mark is the quarterback. Yes, hundred percent. Um, but I mean, I mean, realistically, realistically, I think there's maybe there's maybe only three or four teams that that it makes sense. The Broncos make sense, giving away to a late first. Um, I think the Chargers make sense because once again they're going to be giving away a late middle pick, or probably mid mid twenties. That's also provided Brandon Staley gets fired, which I don't think he will be. Well, I mean, I don't know if you, I think if you're uh, if they get one and done, I think, and they have a shot at getting Sean Payton, I think they take it. They would have to get absolutely embarrassed. Because, I mean, like, how many coaches have you seen go one and done in the playoffs and like, all right, fuck it, you're done? Yeah, but how many of them have went besides, one and done? Besides Mark Jackson with the Warriors. Right, but how many of them had a chance to go one and done and still get Sean Payton the next year? That's the kicker. That's it, because they're running out of time on uh, Justin Herbert's rookie contract. They got to make it work. Well, very uh, true. I, I, I agree with you, but I don't know if... I don't know. That's another conversation for another day. That is. I mean, someone like the Commanders, they could potentially... Um, give up a first round draft pick, but um, did they even have? Yeah, I mean, they're they will be giving up um a, a late, prime pick, a late teens, probably like early teens now at this point. Uh, I I think they probably still end up around the sixteen top, top half of the draft. I think they still end up sixteen seventeen. Right now, the season ended today, they'd be picking fourteenth. Okay, that'd be a little high. Yeah, you'd have to give up a number fourteen overall pick. Um. Which could potentially land you Anthony Richardson, mm. depending on what happens in the in the quarterback free agency market. That might be the way to go. Who knows? Um, someone like the Titans potentially. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've. I've been back and forth for a, for a, a week or two now um, on whether or not Vrabel's going to stay. 
Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, there's not really there's not really a ton of head coaches that are on the hot seat. I've also heard that apparently the Texans aren't sold on Lovey Smith, which is like, you know what? Keep making bad decisions. You brought in David Culley, you fired him after a season. You brought in Lovey Smith, you fired him after a season. You got to have some stability. You got to give coaches more than a year. That's just wrong. See, the thing is, I think with the report that Jim Harbaugh would be willing to come back into the NFL if he gets an offer. Which I think he will. Those are the two most sought after head coaching jobs. I think I think I think the Texans know that their young their young core with a very young talented quarterback, whoever they end up drafting, whether it be Bryce Young, whether it be CJ Stroud, whether it be the Will Levis, who who know who knows what their preference is. <laughs> Could you imagine Jim Harbaugh taking over the Texans and drafting a Ohio State quarterback that number one would overall? Be nuts. Could you imagine? That would be insane, man. But I, I I think the prospect of knowing, like, hey, look, this is a young talent a team that has talent, a lot of talent. They I think they just need the right person to start getting it all together. And I think the Texans know, hey, maybe we are an attractive spot for Jim Harbaugh. So maybe that's maybe that's part of their decision making behind potentially letting go of Lovey Smith. I thought Lovey Smith was a bad hire to begin with. You and I both said that was the worst hire. Yeah. And uh, I thought Matt Eberflus in uh, Chicago was probably number two. Although, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's turned out too, too bad because Chicago, uh, I mean, granted, the record hasn't shown, but they're they're playing some pr- pretty decent football over there. I just thought with a young talent, the quarterback like Justin Fields, you got to get an offensive guy. And you know, um, being on the subject of the Chicago Bears with Matt Eberflus, you know they're in a real interesting position. Interesting position heading into this draft as well. They're a team who, right now, as it sits right as it sits now, they would be picking number two overall. That's prime territory for a team such as, such as um, I don't know, fuck the Raiders to possibly move up to try and get their guy at quarterback. Maybe it's. The Lions, they move up with two first-round picks. Maybe it's someone like, maybe it's the Jets. Maybe it's the Titans. Someone like that, they could move up to the number two pick in order to try and get their guy at quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really good opportunity for for the Bears who have needs across the board, offensive, defensive. They have they, they need help for, ju- uh, for Justin Fields in order for him to continue to flourish here in the NFL. They're in a real interesting position to to make a trade away from the number two pick in order to acquire more capital to really help their team out this year. Um, you know, this this is a pretty deep draft and some pretty key spots: offensive line, secondary, pass rush, wide receiver. This is a really this is a really deep draft as far as all those go. Um, so they're in a real interesting position to really help take Justin Fields' game to the next level and hope and maybe make the Bears into something less than a dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, the Bears need every position other than quarterback and safety. I'd say running back, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could get away with David Montgomery. and. Uh, well, he's gone. Don't end up going with Khalil Herbert next year. Okay, Khalil Herbert. But, I mean, even still, you got to get a running mate for him. Right, right, right. But, I mean, yeah, outside, outside of, legitimately, outside of quarterback and safety, because they got Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker. I think, I think corners are okay, too. They might be okay at corner. They, they could have, use some help. I think, they have, I think they have a corner by the name of John Johnson out there too. I could be wrong. Uh, I I honestly don't remember. I think I could be wrong though. Um, but I mean, outside of that, they really need a lot of help. But yeah, definitely. While we're talking about the draft and everything like that, so as we all know, there's only 31 picks in the first round of this upcoming NFL draft because the Miami Dolphins have had to forfeit their first one, their first first round pick. Um, 
due to some scandals. Now they're only first round pick. Yeah, now they're only first round pick. So my question to you is, and we both looked it up, neither one of us could find a yay or a nay regarding this question, but can the Dolphins trade that forfeited pick to another team? Now it is forfeited, so it's not their pick. So I would say, I guess, technically no. But it raises uh, it raises some questions as far as, like, should they be able to? Like, yeah. should they be able to trade that number one overall pick? Or not number one overall, but that first round pick to another team. Like, let's say, uh, uh, let's say it's someone, I don't even know. Uh, let me let me think of a team here that uh that needs someone like the Bears. Honestly, they have uh they have a bunch of they have a bunch of needs. Could they trade a package of like a second and a fourth to the Dolphins? The Dolphins get some draft capital in return, but the Bears get another first round pick. Do you think that that should be legal? What, like what do you, it's just uh I just thought of this. I was like, wait, can they? Should, <laughs> should they? So it, so if you're, if you're basing it off the hypothetical, what they would have to do is okay. So you would think that the Bears would be giving up their, they wouldn't be giving up the Ravens' second round pick. They would be giving up their first, their second round pick. Well, they traded that to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. So they only have the Ravens' second round pick. That's an even worse trade than I thought. Now. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a shit trade. That was a shitty trade. I I I didn't even realize that was the pick they gave up. Yeah, they gave up a second for him, which is now going to turn out to be pick thirty four. Yes, that's a shit trade. Anywho, uh, no, it's actually going to end up being pick thirty one. Thirty three. Yes, thirty three. I wrote it back in. You did. Um, you just had to throw out all the numbers and then and then pick out which one you wanted. We were going to get there eventually. Exactly. Um, so what the NFL would have to do is they would have to say, okay, if you want to, if you want to try to green light this trade, we'll let you, but this pick, this second round pick you're getting in return, that's ours. That's ours now. Okay. So you think the NFL still needs. Because, because at that, at that point they are receiving a second and a fourth round pick. Giving up a third for trying to illegally get Tom Brady and John Bade. Where's the punishment? I'm just asking. Like, they're, they're, they would still have to be punished accordingly. So I think you would, you would still have to take away their first pick. In which case, it would be the Ravens pick. The Ravens, what was the Ravens' second round pick, which is not the Bears' second round pick. Yeah, they would have they would have to take that pick. I don't think like logistically. I I think I think it's a good it's a good theory. It's a fun conversation. It's a, it's a fun it's a fun thought. It's like, well, can that actually happen? But I think it, there's like so many there's like so many moving pieces because it's like okay, well, they were they had to go up their first and their third a third next year. Well, they trade away that so called first. To get more draft capital, well, now they only have to go up a third, and they get a second and a fourth. Well, what the fuck? What? Right. Next, like ne- next thing you know, you break the NFL, and there's not even going to be a fucking draft. <laughs> That'd be sick. Wouldn't that be cool? What if they put 
uh, the other thirty-one teams in a lottery. See, now I think that's an I think that's an interesting, and that and that pick becomes, we'll say the number thirty-two pick. Regardless, that that's the last pick of the first round. Like you don't get, you don't get where the Dolphins would have picked. Yeah, you just get the third. You get the last pick of the first round. Yeah, I think I think I think that would be a really really interesting interesting conversation to be had or it's kind of like that would be a really interesting concept it would because, be. because the thing is so we i mean you and i looked this up they've a first round pick has only been revoked three times in the nfl it's been done by the patriots twice <laughs> yeah those dirty bastards they are the uh the biggest repeat offenders they are they are big time repeat offenders, um, but you know this isn't something that happens very often. So, you know you it, you would have to think to yourself, okay, um, this is the rule. If you want to fuck around and find out and do something stupid, that's fine. We're just gonna let all thirty one other teams get the opportunity to have this pick. It'd be an interesting concept. I'm I'm open to the discussion. I'd be open to the, to the discussion as well, but then again, you know, the last time that a pick like this was revoked. Yeah, I mean, how often does it happen? Right, right. So I mean, the last time this the last time a first round pick was revoked was when was during Deflategate. Yeah. Knowing our luck as Baltimore Ravens fans, it would be someone like the Cincinnati Bengals or the Kansas City Chiefs would end up with an extra first round pick. Right. Like a, t- a team that has no business even needing it. So, I mean, it's an interesting concept, but I think for the sake of. What if they just gave it to like uh, teams that had like a top 10 pick? And it was like a lottery for to create more parity in the NFL, create a little more balance. Similar to what they do in the MLB. Yeah. The competitive balance rounds. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Now we're getting into something. That would be very interesting. Yeah. I would I would appreciate the conversation of this. Yeah, I would I would I would definitely entertain that. We have to figure out how to wait to get this to uh the uh the NFL Players Association. I'll uh, I'll email Dominique uh Dominique Foxworth. Perfect. Couldn't that that's perfect. I'll have him shoot up the ladder for us. Yeah, I mean Dominique can definitely get it up the ladder. I think he can. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh this would be dude. That'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. Like, think about, uh, but, like, let's look at it. So, what if the Houston Texans have three first round picks? What if they do? They potentially could. Like, the Houston Texans could potentially walk out of this draft with Bryce Young at one, Nolan Smith at 13, according to our mock draft, and then who do they take at 32? They could go get, like, Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. Like, that's that's insanity to me. It is. Um also like the Texans, they could also take uh they could take Quentin Johnston there at thirteen. And then take uh an edge rusher at thirty two. Right. <laughs> like there's so many options. Yeah, there really is. I mean it would be very, very hard to I think do it logistically, but it would be it would definitely make for a very interesting conversation for sure. I think my only kicker would be it would have to be 
of the first 10 picks, like whatever team that is, that's their pick in the top 10. Like currently Seattle um, owns the number three pick via Denver. Mm. That doesn't count. Like Seattle would not get entered into that, into that drawing. Like the Eagles own the number nine pick. Well, I don't know if it's still this way, but um, thanks to the New Orleans Saints. So you're saying the 10 worst teams in the NFL? Yes. Okay, that'd be interesting then. Not like, like I'm saying, like those two teams, they're not the teams that are picking one through fucking 10. Yeah, like the Lions have the, the Rams pick. Yeah. And they're in a top 10 position because of that. Hmm. So the Lions wouldn't get it, the Eagles would not get it, and the Seahawks would not get it. Interesting. Create a little parody, a little more, uh, a little more balance. Yeah. Help the bad teams become a little bit better. That's very interesting. Because let's be honest, if I have to watch another shit show of the Texans versus the Colts, and the Colts don't have Jonathan Taylor, and they have an absolute quarterback carousel going on between Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, and Sam Ellinger, uh, I- I'm going to get rather upset. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start throwing things. Might be hands, might be chairs. I don't know. <laughs> might be that ass in a circle. It might be my ass in a circle. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, would, it would definitely be very interesting for sure. I thought that was a fun conversation. Yeah. But let's move on real quickly. NBA. I feel bad for Donovan Mitchell. <sighs> yeah, so, I mean, with everything, with everything that happened on Monday Night Football with Lamar Hamlin, um... You know, the se- the second, a very distant second, um, second top like top top news in the sports world. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had po- probably had the game of his life um, last night in a overtime win against the Chicago Bears. Donovan Mitchell became the eighth player in NBA history to score seventy. Or more points in a game. Donovan Mitchell had a stat line of 71 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists on 22 of 34 shooting, 7 from 7 of 15 from the three-point line. So eight of his 12 misses were threes. Yeah. And he shot 20 of 25 from the free throw line. Like, scoring 71 is a remarkable number. Yes. What do we say? He's one of six? Eight players, uh, Wilt, um, Wilt, Kobe. He's it's the eighth highest total in NBA history. Wilt, Kobe, David Thompson, Devin Booker has scored seventy. Yeah, Devin Booker scored seventy. David Thompson, David Robinson, and Elgin Baylor. Yeah, but Wilt Chamberlain has scored seventy three. Or 72-plus, like, four times. Yeah, he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Donovan Mitchell was not, did not only score 71 points, he did it on a very efficient night shooting. Yeah. He missed 12 shots. It's not like he was just throwing up shots. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it was he was just like, all right, I'm going to get us there. Whether I miss it, whether I make it, we're going to get there. Like, he was efficient doing so. That's so impressive. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was very, very efficient, which was really the, which is really the, um, the crazy part about it um so unfortunately his big night was 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 overshadowed 
by a uh, by a very tragic event that happened in the NFL. But nonetheless, Donovan Mitchell, hell of a game, seventy one points. Um, I mean that's a total that we're not gonna see for a while. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, just abs absolutely fucking insane. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that real quick because we're gonna hop over to college football here and talk about the uh, the New Year Six, the bowl games. Um, and God bless, were they some good ones? Yeah, yeah, they really were. Um, I mean, we were both. I went over two with my picks because uh, I I said Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, I went one and one, but I should have went uh, zero and two. Yeah, but anyway, let's get to some of the let's get to the other bowl games first. Uh, Orange Bowl number six Tennessee taking on number seven Clemson. Uh, Tennessee waxed them thirty one to fourteen. Um, yeah, Clemson had no business being in this game. A lot of people are even questioning now if Clemson is still a power in college football. I that's that's been a that's been a question that I've had for a while. Um, they really had no business being in this game against Tennessee. Um, so, I think the biggest question is Tennessee has to make a make a decision on whether they're going to go with Joe Milton or whether they're going to take that uh, that five star recruit coming in. Yeah, it'll be tough. Um, you know, I th- I think what they'll end up doing is, I mean, I th- I I can't pronounce the kid that they're getting from. Um, he's coming from California. I yeah, want, I want to say he's coming from Modern Day High School, but I could be wrong. Um, I think he's the number two quarterback <laughs> in the in the rankings behind. Yeah, um, he's, Arch Manning. Yeah, he. De- depending on which website you look at, he's he goes anywhere from one to three. I've 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 seen all I've seen them all, um. But I think it's going to be a very similar situation to what was happening with, uh, Taj Boyd and um or not Taj Boyd. Whoever was starting before Trevor Lawrence, his freshman season. His name is escaping me. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah remember his the, name is escaping me as well. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I sold him sneakers. Did Le- you? Legitimately sold him sneakers. I can't remember. I can't remember what his damn name is. Um, he ended up transferring to Missouri. He had a pretty good season there, but um, of course, he was no Trevor Lawrence. So I think it would be a very similar situation until until Joe Milton gives um, Josh Hopple. Yeah, until until he gives Huppel a, a a reason not to start him, I think it'll be Joe Milton's job, um, unless unless he just shows out, unless the kid shows out as soon as he gets to Knoxville. But I think I think it'll be Joe Milton's job to lose personally. I agree. Um, some of the other bigger bowl games was number sixteen Tulane taking on number ten USC. Um, I took Tulane to beat USC. Uh, being an Oklahoma fan, I have seen enough of Lincoln Riley, and I saw a little bit of Caleb Williams to know that Lincoln Riley somehow is one of the best regular season coaches in college football history. But that dude falls apart in the big games. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Tulane. You know, they pulled out the one the the one point win over USC. Um, a team that was right there in the in the in the mix to go to the CFP. Um, so shout out to Lane. Um, going from two and eleven last year to, or two and ten last year to twelve and two to twelve and two this year. Hell of a turnaround there for that program. Yeah, uh, Penn State taking on Utah in the Rose Bowl. Um, I was wrong about this one. I took Utah to beat Penn State simply because. Um, Franklin somehow usually seems to fuck up being in the big games. Um, so I was like, I like Penn State. 
I think they have all the talent in the world to be good. But I thought, uh, you know, just with Franklin leading them in there, he finds a way to screw up the big games. I thought he was going to screw this one up, but they didn't. They won 35-21. to 21. Can you remember what I told you last week? No, what would you say? I know you, I know you picked Penn State. I told you that hold on. there was one name that you had to remember from this game. Oh, I do remember this. Yes, yes, yes. Nick Singleton. Seven carries, buck 20, two touchdowns. Yeah, he had himself a game. He is, he, I mean, he, he was widely regarded as the, ne- as the next great Penn State running back after Saquon Barkley. Um, well, Myers, Miles Sanders was after Saquon, but. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think Nick Singleton is a, is a cut above Miles Sanders. I agree. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I told you, be on the lookout for this guy. You did. You did say that. I may not know a lot, but I know my shit when it comes to college football. That, I'll give you that one. Um, in the All-State Sugar Bowl, this was number five Alabama taking on number nine Kansas State. Yeah. I knew this wasn't going to really be a game. Alabama ended up winning 45-20. to 20. Um, Kansas State was winning after the first quarter, 10-7, to 7, um, and it was, it was just Alabama from there. Um, Bryce Young had like five touchdown passes. He had like six incompletions. 321 for five touchdowns for Bryce Young. Yeah, he had like six incompletions. He basically solidified himself as the number one pick. Um, Kansas State was a great story. Yeah. It, they don't match up to Alabama. Yeah. Um, now for the big two games. Uh, another thing, another thing, I just do want to touch on real quick. Um, LSU kicked the shit out of Purdue. Yeah, they they did sixty three to seven. Like what? Like what in the fuck? Yeah, that was that was just an absolute slaughtering. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the big two games. The early one was TCU versus Michigan. I mean, this was really back and forth. Um, it really wasn't though. TCU was came out hot. Um, and Michigan was trying to play catch up. And every time Michigan would start to come back a little bit, TCU, TCU would, would make slam play. the door back yep. shut. Yeah, they would make a play. Um, I mean, Max Duggan. I mean, I mean, really, really, the bit. It wasn't even him. It wasn't even his doing. It was more Quentin Johnston. That um, I mean, he he took a nothing play into something and housed it um, to really ice the game there for TCU. Um, you know, a lot a lot of people questioned, you know, if TCU was really worthy of even being in this game whatsoever. Especially after Alabama beat Kansas State. It's like, oh, well, Kansas State beat them, beat TCU. Exactly. People are like, And then Alabama just slaughters Kansas State. People are, people are legitimately thinking, like, wow, okay, the Big 12 just really isn't what they were this year. Yeah, but Max Duggan, 14-29 for 225, two touchdowns, two picks, um, which, like, isn't great. But then you look on the other side of the ball, and you have J.J. McCarthy, 20-34 for 343, two touchdowns, two picks. I think he did two pick sixes, too. Uh, he threw one for sure. He had one for sure. Um, but but you know the the big thing is is that TCU just out physicaled Michigan. They did, and I mean their their starting running back, uh, Andre Miller, had eight carries for fifty seven yards. But their backup, Amari DiMarcado, had seventeen carries for a buck fifty and a touchdown. Yeah, and then like you said, Quentin Johnston six catches, one hundred sixty three yards and a tutty. That's a damn good day. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, to switch over to the nightcap, uh, Ohio State versus Georgia. I mean, I I didn't get the opportunity to watch a whole lot of this game because, like a good boyfriend, I was spending time with my girlfriend on New Year's Eve. Shout out to you. We wa- we did watch a little bit of it. It was on the it was on the uh the t- the the bar the TV bar, the bar TV whatever. It was on at the. We bar. all know what you meant. Yeah, it was on at the bar. Um. You know, Ohio State was really, I mean, 
they were they looked like they were in solid control of it. Georgia just took over there at the end. Um, had an opportunity. Ohio State had the opportunity to go ahead and win it there at the end with a field goal. Unfortunately, it was just pushed way left. Um, that that kick never had a chance. No, it. You're right. It didn't. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. I'll be very honest with you. Um, do you think he got beat up on campus when they got back? I highly doubt it. I doubt it. I'm just asking. No, I mean, I mean, I mean. Shout out, shout out, Georgia. You know, they they played an incredible game, um, outscoring Ohio State 18 to three there in the fourth quarter. That was really the big, obviously, obviously the huge difference maker there. Ohio State was the better team three quarters of this game. Yeah, yeah, for I'd sure. say three and a half quarters. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State definitely deserved to win, definitely deserved to win this game. I know you said that uh, after his performance, Bryce Young is the number is the for sure number one pick. I texted you. I think, I think, I think the gap between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud is actually a lot smaller than what people th- people think. Um, I mean, Bryce Young t- dissected a lesser Kansas State defense. And C.J. Shroud played really, really good against this Georgia defense. He was very poised. Uh, he threw the ball exceptionally well. He only had uh, he had 11 passes at the ground, um, but to the tune of 348 and four touchdowns against the number one defense in the country. Um, you very well may be correct, and Bryce Young is still the number one pick. Um, if he is, they wouldn't surprise me. But I think after this game... You know, people had to really look at what C.J. Stroud did and think to themselves, okay, well, this is a little bit closer than what, people, what we think. Big knock on C.J. Stroud was he wasn't really a runner either. 12 carries, 34 yards. He had a carry, he had a long of 27 yards. So, I mean, he really did all he could in order to get his team there. But, unfortunately, they just came up short. Well, I think the big thing, uh, so C.J. Stroud definitely helped his draft stock with this game. I think the big thing with bowl games is they can either they can make you or they can break you. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it made him... Um, I personally believe that C.J. Stroud was the second best quarterback in this draft class anyway, although there's something about Will Levis that everybody just seems to be like super like high on that I personally just don't see. It's, I'm also not an NFL scout. I mean, it's, it's it's the way he elevated a lesser Kentucky program to being one of the better schools in the SEC. Yeah, I guess it's just the intangibles. Like, you can't teach size. You can't teach arm strength. You can't teach um, leadership, really. Um, which I think is the big reason that Bryce Young still holds that number one spot over C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud has a little bit of just a, uh, I don't want to say co- like docile approach to him. Like he's not gonna like he's not gonna like pull the team together and be like, hey guys, let's fucking go. Like all right, we're we're dragging ass here. We gotta go. We gotta start scoring. Offense, offensive line. I need you to start blocking. Wide receivers, get open a little bit, guys. I need to make more throws. But let's go. Let's do it. That's a very good point. But one one thing I will say, as a fan, that's never been an issue for Ohio State. No, that's that's he's never. They've never needed that. Yeah, they, like they they've never been in the situation where they need somebody to get to get, get the offensive guy and be like, look, we're playing like ass. We gotta flip the switch. <laughs> it's always been one of those things where it's they scored. Our turn. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing is. I, I think that's why Bryce Young stays number one. Um, a, he didn't do anything to lose it. Um, and B, I think he just has some leadership intangibles um, that he can like he can pull the guys aside and be like, hey, look, defense is doing their job. We got to go do ours. Or he can walk over to the defense and be like, hey, guys, we have 35 up on the board right now. Go get us a stop. Yeah, We need a stop. Go get a stop. Like We've got 35 on their head. We need you. 
Yeah. Um, no, I, and and by no means am I saying that Bryce Young did anything to lose his position as potentially being the number one pick. Um, but I think um, with with this game, I think C.J. Stroud definitely did more to narrow the gap. I would agree with that one. And I think I I I think I think for sure he will be at minimum the second quarterback taken. Um I think he definitely passed Will Levis. Um once again, not an NFL scout, so I don't not I don't really know. not an NFL scout. I wouldn't really know. Of course, there were two quarterbacks taken before Justin Fields. Um which I said from the jump he was the number 2 quarterback in the draft. I thought that was I didn't even think that needed to be said. I yeah. thought, you know, what was known didn't even need to be said. Yeah, I mean, I was, I like, I thought Lock and Key, who was the number two, number two quarterback in the draft. Um, again, I'm not an NFL scout, but then again, I'm not. When it, when it, I mean, so, so I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Surprisingly, when it comes to stuff like this, I'm not normally wrong. You're, you're tooting your horn a little bit. I like, like, uh, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm God's gift. I'm God's gift to green earth, green earth when it comes to looking at college football football players, but I I I know enough that I can see six one one's success compared to another. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, but that does set up that does set up our national championship game of TCU and Georgia. Um, of course, we will pick the game Friday. Of course. Um, but that talk is, about it on Tuesday. And talk about it on Tuesday. Exactly. Uh, but that'll do it for us here on this Tuesday. This was a longer episode um, due to the you know the events that happened uh, last night. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, can't reiterate enough. Um, prayers up to Demar Hamlin, his family, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, um, friends and family of of all of them. Um, keep them in your prayers. Uh, hoping for a, a, a speedy and successful recovery. Um, just uh, yeah. Freak accident. Hope everything. Hope hopefully everything turns out okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully he. Uh, hopefully Demar Hamlin definitely does recover. Hopefully it's a speedy recovery. Um, a little and, bit of a darker episode this week. Yeah, it was. I mean, we kind of. I mean, people could people probably could have predicted that. Yeah. Uh, based on last night's events. Um, but um. You know, our thoughts and prayers are still with him. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully all will be well, and hopefully we'll be able to report a little bit more of a positive side on uh on Friday. Absolutely. So y'all have uh, have a good week. Stay safe. Make good choices. And uh, happy new year, guys. Yep. Thanks, guys. Happy new year. We'll catch you on the next one.